Hey, this is John Five, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Tiggy D from Rob Zombie, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. So turn it up. Hey, this is Rob Finn, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 395 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This episode, we welcome to the show photographer Rob Fenn. Rob is one of the premier rock photographers out there right now. He's got three books out right now, one about Hailstorm, one covering Rob Zombie and his newest one covering the band Rise Against. He's got a coffee shop slash record store slash barbershop. He's got a record label uh, that features Billy Bob Thornton's and the box masters uh he's a, he's a great guy great it was a great interview had a lot of fun talking to him uh so uh, check it out you wanted the best well you got the best the hottest band in the world kiss kiss the end of the road tour one Last Kiss, Saturday, March 30th, PPG Paints Arena. Kiss on their final tour ever. Tickets starting at $29.50 plus fees and are on sale now at LiveNation.com. History will be made. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with me on the phone, I have rock concert photographer extraordinaire Rob Fenn. How you doing today, Rob? I'm good. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Thanks for uh, talking to us. Uh, kind of want to talk to you a little bit about you know your books, your photography, and some of the other stuff you got going on uh, with with the music and whatnot. Um, so just kind of get started. You got you've been a concert photographer since I guess around 2009. Is that correct? Yeah, I started back in 2009. Can you talk a little bit about what you got you interested in concert photography and, and how you got started? Uh, it's kind of an accident, but a happy accident. <laughs> right. um, I uh, I started out in radio back in the day, and I was uh, looking for what I wanted to do next in life, and I decided I wanted to do an online magazine with a radio station built in. And to get that, I needed seventy five grand because I wanted live DJs and all that kind of stuff, kind of like a Rolling Stones meets KBPI at Denver type of thing. Right. And I hit up a buddy at Warner Brothers and asked if I could get a photo pass because obviously I didn't have 75 grand. I needed an <laughs> investor. And so I was going to build the website. And they hooked me up with a pass to Disturbed and to Avenged Sevenfold. And I borrowed a camera from a friend of mine at the Tribune. And I had no fucking idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I went up into the pit for Disturbed. They said I could go in there for like the first three songs. Right. And I ran around pretending I knew what I was doing. And, you know, I really wish there was video of it because I can just picture myself <laughs> acting like I knew what I was doing. No clue. I didn't know how to do anything with the camera. And the bottom line with these shots of Disturbed, if you've ever seen the worst iPhone picture taken at a concert, it was better than what I did. 
Like it, they were just horrendous. I couldn't even tell who the guys were Wow. and stuff. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm in some trouble. I need to, uh, probably just buy these photos, but I was a huge event sevenfold fan. And so I decided I'm going to go anyway, cause I got to be in that pit right? and, uh, watch the show that close for just the first three songs. So I got up there and I couldn't just stand there like an idiot and watch the show. So I watched the show through the lens and every time I seen something cool, I just hit the button. Mm-hmm. But I kept watching it, and I, and I got home, and I didn't even look at the pictures for about a week, and uh, maybe even two. It, it was a minute before I checked them. And I took this picture of Brian and Sinister Gates, I was like, holy shit, I did that? And I started <laughs> looking at some more, and I'm like, wow, I really want to do this for a living. Right. So there's a bunch of people in the pit and everything, and I started asking around, and nobody was making any money that I was talking to. I'm like, how the hell are you affording to do this? And so kind of got a business plan going, um, more like marketing myself as a band instead of a photographer. And two years later, I'm on tour with Avenged Sevenfold, and I'm sitting in Pittsburgh on the loading dock with their tour manager, Dan, and telling him this long-winded story I just made you poor bastards sit through. <laughs> and I, sh- I showed him the picture of Brian. He's like, oh, we've seen that. And I'm like, fuck off. I put it on Facebook once. Nobody's seen this. Right. And he's like, no, we've seen it. A friend of ours in Texas is a tattoo artist, needed a picture of sin, so we didn't have one we liked. He Googled his name, picked that one out, and that tattoo's running around on some girl's arm now. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, that's how I fell into it. You know, everyone always asks me what got me started, and I just tell them Avenged Sevenfold. uh, I've always had a love for photography and music, but never got into it. And full disclosure, I still don't know how to use the fucking camera. <laughs> I don't know the technical aspect of it. I don't know any of that. Right. I don't want to learn because whatever I'm doing seems to be working. So, you know, the old story, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Exactly. That's why I'm not messing with it. Right. So, I mean, then a lot of it is just like that, you know, you must have, like, you have that natural eye and just kind of seeing, seeing, seeing the world like that through the lens. Um when you uh, you got like three photo books out right now. Like, well, let's start over. Like, you've toured with a, a bunch of photography uh, bands and whatnot. Um, when you go on tour, do you kind of have an idea of what you're trying to capture on tour, or is it kind of just kind of make it up as you go along? I have no clue, <laughs> uh, and the reason I say that is just because. Each band is different. Right. I, you know, like if you look at the Rob Zombie book, it's very different from the Hellstorm book and very right. different from the Rise Against book. Um, my technique's there, but they're three different bands. Right. And so nothing's ever staged. We don't say, oh, we need to do this. You know, um, the one rule I had with Zombie um, was we just weren't allowed to run into each other on stage. Right. So... And if anyone's seen a Ron Zombie show, he's a fucking squirrel up there. He's everywhere. Oh, so that yeah. took a little cunning, you know, <laughs> and stuff. But nah, we never go into it. I mean, we have an idea. Um, like the zombie one, it, it was funny because um, I, I came about that one. I was on the Mayhem tour for Revolver magazine. Right. And I always wanted to do a zombie book and finally had the opportunity to present the idea to him. 
and he was down with it. And I went on the night of the living dreads tour and I wasn't even on the bus or anything. I was chasing them around in a van. <laughs> and I remember driving from Reno to Yakima, Washington. And in Reno, the tour manager's like, Rob wants to see you so we can discuss and get an idea of what we're going to do with this book. And I already had an idea of what I wanted. Okay. And so, um, I'm rehearsing what I'm going to tell him from Reno to Yakima to myself, you know, talking in the van, like pretending that we're having this discussion and psyching myself all up. Well, I get there and I go in the dressing room and it's Rob and the whole band. So that fucked up my whole speech right there because I wasn't rehearsing with all of them in there, you know, I'm like, ah, shit. And so we get talking and the greatest thing about it is we both wanted the same thing. Everything I had rehearsed to tell him and like stick to my guns and mm-hmm. all that wanted the same thing. And I think that's why that book turned out so great is there was no, we should do this or we should do that. It was both of us had the same idea. Right. And uh, very proud of that book. Very, very proud of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen the whole book. I've seen some of the shots from it. And, and I mean, like, you know, your work's amazing. And uh, it's 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 cool seeing you know hearing some of the stories behind it now with the rise against and the hailstorm, um, was that pretty much the same thing? You would go in with your ideas, or was there a lot? That, would they give you an idea of what they wanted? Uh, the hailstorm one was uh, there. Actually, is a different version of what the public seen. Um, okay. There was one that we uh, I went around the world with those guys in forty days. And we've wow. done a whole lap around the world. It was amazing. And I love that band's family. They're just one of the hardest working bands I've ever seen in my life. And uh, we, uh, it was a color version with text and it was like a book. Mm-hmm. And I got flipping through it. And just before we were going to release it, I was just like, this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. I wouldn't buy it. I don't want my name on it. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it kind of shelved it and started re-looking at it and then i was torn with them so much i shot so many shows with those guys that we uh i just added more and went to the black and white to keep it the timeless and it just turned out it was one of those just going through all the pictures and so there was really no game plan with it right it just it wasn't right until it was right if that makes sense it took a i started that book in 2012 and I don't think I released it till 2014 and stuff. It was a, it took a minute on that one. Um, now when you're like going through your photos, how do you pick which photos you want to include in the book? Oh man, that's uh, <laughs> and I'm the worst at that. It's, there's there's one rule that I, I really hate cell phones. All right. you motherfuckers at a concert that hold your phone up and film the thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. just bothers the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. Because um, my thing is, is you're not going to see the show the way it's intended. You're not going to... I love shows um, that I'm a part of. When I'm a fan, I just went to Ozzy. I didn't shoot it. I was I was lucky enough to be on the front row. I was like a kid on high school, just right. jamming out, singing every song. and Just that energy and that release is amazing to me. And I just don't think you can get that looking through that on a three inch screen or whatever they are now. Not at all. Or if you're one of those motherfuckers with an iPad out there, I've seen that. <laughs> That's the worst. Um, but I just think you, yeah, I think you lose that 
on there. So for me, when I look at the photos um, and when I'm picking these, it's the moments that are timeless that have, for example, in the zombie horror picture show, I was in uh, uh, Bristol, Virginia, and this guy in a wheelchair got hoisted up on the crowd and was crowd surfing in a wheelchair. Right. And Robin came down in the crowd for more human than human. And he's walking along the rail in the crowd. And I'm looking at this wheelchair guy and I'm looking at Robin. I'm like, Holy fuck, they're going to meet in the middle of this thing. And I got a picture of Rob holding that guy's hand where they met in the middle. And it's right. just, it's insane. And it's a moment that, you know, you'll never see again. Exactly. And that's what I try to look at these pictures of like those moments. Now it's hard to get an epic moment every time. Right. I never want to put something out there that doesn't make the person I'm shooting look cooler than they are. Mm -hmm. And you want that memory. Like, uh, the rise against book, there's a lot, their fans and them are, it's all one. They're just yeah. such a unique punk rock family, and it was cool to get these massive uh, two-page full crowd shots, right. like when Tim would jump in the crowd, and or just the crowd itself, um, and seeing that energy. And them are the kind, you know, I, I picked those just because that's special to those people that were there, and you know, you just try and get that moment that people want to see. Right, um, and that's kind of high, and it's hard to pick which ones. There, there's a few that didn't make, you know, the zombie book um, that I wish would have, but the ones that did, I'm glad they did too. Like, so it's, you know, it's hard to whittle it down sometimes, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's not. You know, you see one picture, like the ones of Hellstorm when Lizzie was in the rain. Mm -hmm. We done a show in Chicago that the promoter was nowhere to be found so he didn't stop it when it was a downpour and unsafe as shit lightning everywhere oh yeah and they're still playing and i got some of the best shots i've ever took in my life there right well and, i mean it's an experience the rain and stuff's gonna add a whole whole bunch to that and that yeah. actually will allow you to get shots that you know it seems like nowadays you know you go to a concert there's going to be like 20 people in the photo pit Everyone's shooting the exact same three songs. Everyone's watched the YouTube videos of those exact same three songs, so they're all trying to get the exact same shot. So, I mean, in situations like that, how would, like, you stand out? I, that's, uh, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very fortunate for the access I get with the artists right. I work with. Right. Um, I just done Billy Idol's whole show and for me it was surreal as shit. Oh yeah. And the greatest thing over the radio was tell Billy the homeless guy running around stage is okay to be there. I, I nearly <laughs> died. Um, <laughs> and stuff, but uh, it, it's access. And then it's also, you know, just picking the right things to release to the public. It's right. not that I just take great pictures all the time. I just don't show people the shitty ones. Right, right. And and get rid of them cuz you know it's uh my one rule is what I want this picture of me out there. Right. And if I wouldn't be comfortable with it out there, I never put it out there. Exactly. Um so I think that helps stand out and I don't know. I I just I have such a passion for music. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps out in my uh 
in my work as well. Now, do you ever, you know, you mentioned you went to the Aussie show recently without, without a camera. Do you miss that? Does actually having the camera some like, you know, kind of change the experience for you? Um, it, it's weird. Cause it's weird for me to like my fiance, it, it kind of threw her back at the Aussie show. Cause every time we go to a show, I'm working. Right. And so I do have my camera with me. This one I did. And I acted like a complete <laughs> insane high school kid. And she, I, I look over and she's just staring at me like, who are you? And where did you come from? Um, so it, it, it's, uh, I, I miss it, but I don't. I like those moments. When I'm on tour with, for example, with Zombie, um, I pick one song a day that I don't shoot. Okay. So I can see the show. Right. So I'm not looking through uh, all of it. And as you can tell, Bella's you know, screaming right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but so... And the reason I do that, whoever I'm on tour with, is because I want to see the show as well. I'm right. A fan. And to be able to have to sit there and look through it through the lens, it, it's great and all, but you miss everything. You miss, you know. You miss the connection. I mean, I'll give you an example. Yeah, I I, I had a friend come out to a show in, um, hang on, I'm sorry about That's that. That's cool. Bella. Um, I'm at the shop right now. Okay. Some kid in a Halloween costume just walked by, and the dog's <laughs> like, "What in the fuck is that?" Uh, so I was in um, a show in Iowa, and a friend of mine came out, and so she wanted to see the show. Right. And so corn was opening up, and we went out in the crowd, and I mean in the pit and everything. And Jonathan always throws his wristbands out in the audience after the show. I actually caught him and stuff like, so when I'm watching the show, I'm a fan. Right. Like, right. I, I just love that connection that you get at a live show with people and stuff like that. It, it, it's great. Uh, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's cool that you do to take that one song, you know, but at that point, the end of the tour, you actually get to see the whole show just in smaller bits and pieces. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I do it. It's just, because there's so much I mean anyone that's seen a Rob Zombie show this thing's epic oh yeah it's just yeah. Uh, I, I and I've been with Rob for a while and I've seen him play the 930 club in DC which is what 500 people mm -hmm. and then I've seen him play Hellfest which is one or two people I can't remember how many thousands of, thousands right. of people it is of that damn thing in Europe but um, he puts on the same show yeah it, it, it's there. There's no like, oh, why are we playing for this smaller audience shit? It, it's his show's a show, and, and I love artists like that. Hellstorm's the same way. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I seen I'm on tour with them, and I was doing a JVC commercial. I was only supposed to be out with Hellstorm for a week. They haven't been able to get rid of me since, and that was back <laughs> in 2012. And I seen Lizzie jump off a Marshall stack with high heels and land on the stage and keep playing. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Right. Like, you know, it, it's, they put on a show and they're, and they play, you, you know, yeah. and that's what I love about rise against. There's no tracks. There's no bullshit. The bands I've got to tour with, they're exceptional musicians. They just go out and it, it's amazing to me, the connection 
when you're that good how it is with the audience. So. Right, right. Now, when you're working with a band, is it kind of like a band's approach you or you approach to bands or is it a little bit of both? Um, it's been, at first it was me approaching them, obviously. They right. didn't, you know. Um, I, I'm lucky now where I'm at. I, I get approached quite a bit on certain things. Um, I still reach out. I want to do a pink book so bad, right. you know, uh, <laughs> that that's one that, um, I'm aggressively going after and stuff. I think her performance is just fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I went to her show. A friend of mine was a lighting guy. and We, we went and seen it and I was just in awe. I'm like, I just want to capture this thing. Holy shit. Right. Um, so it, it, it's a little of both, but, it's it's a mutual like with the book situation it's a complete mutual 50 50 mm-hmm. um nothing goes out without their approval nothing goes out with my approval and that's how what makes it work right is uh if both sides are into it then it works um if they're not uh, it just doesn't i've had a few approach me and it's just kind of like a cash grab situation mm-hmm. and it's just like that's not gonna work i don't want my name on anything like that Right, right. Now, when you decide you want to do a book, is there, I mean, is there, can you describe maybe like the reasonings why you want to do a book with a certain band? It's it's a feeling. It's to uh, kind of immortalize right. them, you know. I want people 100 years from now to crack that fucking thing open and go, mm-hmm. holy shit. Um and that's why I do it. It right. is one of those just to, cause like you look at the zombie one and, and there's all the behind the scenes stuff and the performance mm-hmm. and nobody gets to see that. Right. Like, and so, you know, the, one of my favorite pictures in the book, we were in St. Springfield, Missouri or some shit at like this Christian college that, had the zombie corn show there for some reason in mm-hmm. the, the auditorium place. And it says, this is hell in the bathroom stall written in cornstarch. <laughs> and it's just one of those, like no one would have ever seen that. Right. And it just is, I, I dig that kind of stuff. Like that you get to bring the fan into the world right. um, Without all the bullshit, without, mm-hmm. you know, posting something on Facebook and a bunch of fucking trolls say shit. Right. The right. book lets it just be the fan without the outside bullshit. Right. Right. And there's still, you know, again, it's it's the same thing with like streaming music and whatnot. There's still something tangible there with that book. And it that there is adds yeah. another level of a connection uh, with, with the fan. Um now you've been lucky to work with all kinds of bands, you know, what have been some of your favorite? Oh man, there's, there's, uh, do we got three hours for this interview? <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there's so many, like right. there, there's just, I, I, I could, I don't even know where to fucking start on that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Rob Zombie is a huge influence creative wise, but you know, I'm also lucky enough to call him a friend right now. And I've learned so much from him that uh, I'm very thankful. Like that book opened up a lot of doors and stuff for my career. Right. right. So I'd say he'd have to be at the top of the list. Hellstorm the same way. Rise Against the same way. Um, I just worked with Billy Idol 
which was amazing. One of my favorites is I done the Alice Cooper album, the two headed um, on Paranormal. Mm-hmm. That cover I shot. Okay. And we shot it in Birmingham, Alabama, in a hotel room, <laughs> and all the press photos, done the video. The dude's the greatest human being on the planet. Yeah. And yeah. his Keith Moon stories are amazing. <laughs> Next time you interview him, just ask him about Keith Moon. <laughs> it, it's my favorite. If I could do anything else for the rest of my life, it would be interview Alice Cooper about Keith Moon. Wow. I could be entertained forever. <laughs> like, and, and his show, you know. Oh, he's yeah. He's great. Um, I, I, I've, been, I've been really lucky. Like, uh, Danny Wimmer, who uh, produced Rock on the Range and mm-hmm. Carolina Rebellion, and the festivals and stuff, like, and now he's doing Bourbon and Beyond and all that. He's always been really good to me and opened a lot of doors and let me uh, shoot and meet these bands. Right. So, you know, like, he'd be one that I'm very thankful to be working with and opened up. I've been pretty lucky. I've steered away from the bullshit, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I've been pretty good to uh, make sure I don't team up with the wrong shit. Right. You know, um, and in this business, that happens quite a bit with everybody. Yep. So I've been thankful on that. I, I don't know. I shot Metallica, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, like, I, I, there's so many. I got to meet the Kentucky Headhunters for me was fucking right. surreal as shit. Tom Kiefer is the reason I picked up a guitar. Mm-hmm. And I got to hang out with him and shoot some stuff and everything, you know, and I was just like a kid, like that high school kid going, holy fuck. Right. right? And so (laughs) there's a, I wish I could narrow it down and say one, but there's not, you know, there's so many. Right. Yeah. No, I I get that because I I do some of like the photography and stuff for our our, uh, publication and, you know, I shot Van Halen being, you know, growing up listening, that was kind of surreal. Um, so I oh, kind of get where you're coming from, um, but yeah, it's. Do uh, you have any bucket list bands that you haven't shot yet that you're dying to? Oh God, I got a whole novel <laughs> of bucket list. Like, there's so many. There's just, and luckily I've been checking some of them off. Right. But uh, Ozzy's one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would love to shoot Ozzy. Uh, I'm glad I didn't on this last one. I'm glad I got to right, like just right. go watch it. Uh, Van Halen is one of them. I've never got to shoot them. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, God, they're so like, they're literally, I, there, there's a bunch, um, that I've never shot the Foo Fighters, right. but I would fucking, that would be some epic shit. I just got to shoot one of them. Allison chains. I got to shoot the whole show. Oh, wow. Uh, a couple weeks ago. And that tour, they're, they just kill it. Yeah. Like, Jesus. What what a band. Like, just so good. Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot that, you know, uh, I'm into some. Sturgill Simpson's the one I'd love to chase across the world and document. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know. I don't know anyone in this camp or I'd be knocking on their door every day to. <laughs> do a book with him so anyone listening to this if you know him put a good word in for me um he's uh he's one of them that just i don't know if you're aware of who he is or not but he's one of my favorite artists right now right cool cool 
Cool. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, eventually, hopefully your paths will cross because I mean, your work's amazing and, you know, it's, you know, it's got to happen sometime. Um, talk a little bit about some of your other projects, you know, you sell your, your books and stuff, your website, you also have a project with the best friends, animal society. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I got the dog that you heard yelling at the kid in the Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I adopted her a couple years ago, and she just changed my life. I, I really think if you can take care of one and you have the time for an animal, mm-hmm. you should do it. If you don't, fuck off. You don't need it for <laughs> Instagram pictures and shit like that. But if you literally can take the time and right. care about it like it's one of your own, I recommend it to everyone because it just changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like dogs are so unconditional. So I, uh, I kind of took that and was like, well, I want to kind of give back for this. And I adopted her through the Humane Society and not Best Friends. So I've done some research and the Best Friends Society was one of those that kind of put their money where their mouth was. Mm-hmm. They save a lot of animals. They, uh, they give a shit, but they also understand it's a business. So they market themselves, they partner up with the right people and stuff like that. So I decided to release one of my prints once a week, and then we give the proceeds to best friends. Okay. Um, so if you buy one of the best friends every week, then that proceed goes to them and all that. Like this week, I want to say it's Corey Taylor. Right. Um, and so next week it'll be someone else following week after that, um, kind of goes like that, but it's been one of those things that's just been, it's just cool. You know, yeah. I think we're an 18th band that we've raised for him already and shit. So it, it's been nice. Cool. Cool. I also, uh, want to ask you about your shop out there in Utah, the cut and scratch, uh, barbershop. And, <laughs> and it, it's such a cool concept. Can you talk about where that idea oh. even came from? That's me being selfish as selfish can be <laughs> since I was a kid. I always wanted a record store. I'm old as shit. I'm 45. So for me growing up, I went to the heavy metal shop in Salt Lake and I'd flip through records and that's how I discovered new music was on the radio and all that. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you know, and and you can give me bitching and moaning about iTunes and all that. If you had a three hour program for me to get on my soapbox on that, (laughs) but I wanted a record store and I've always wanted a record store. Right. And, nowadays they don't make any money no unfortunately you can't it's sad that like some kid in high school can't get a job in the record store anymore because record stores can't afford to pay a kid to do that right um and and it's kind of a lost art and shit like it's it's terrible and uh the ones that are making it are the you know some of the bigger ones are kind of doing okay with it but then they're the chain and you lose that connection to the community so I was sitting here one day and I'm like, fuck, I really want to open this store, but I'm, I also like money. I don't want to lose it. Right. And I was like, you can't download a haircut on Amazon. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. Like, that's something, unless we become the Jetsons, right. it's always going to be there. You know, anyone listening to this, you want to become a barber, you can be a barber till you're 90. People are going to walk in the store for your service. Right. Because there's no other way, unless you own a fucking Floby which I kind of want to put in here just to see if people are using it. <laughs> but uh, so 
I threw a couple chairs in and got some traditional barbers and it took a while to find the right barbers that are the right fit and everything. Right. Right. Um, I love coffee. So I threw in the coffee shop part just so I could get coffee wholesale. Like I said, it was total selfish. Right. And I got my record store. So every Tuesday I get to order records and, you know, and I sit in my shop and drink my coffee and I'm like a kid on fucking Christmas. That's awesome. However, I have a hard time selling them. When people come in and buy them, they're like my kids and shit. Right. I like record store days the worst. Oh, yeah. We, we got a living color one in here that I just don't want to sell. Like people come in and I kind of hide it in the back and shit because <laughs> I want to keep it. Like, <laughs> and that's no way to run a business, I no, know. But, but... I, I just love music that much. So I, I've got the barber, um, the five cent barber is what we call him right now. And he just he, amazing traditional barber. So they come in for that. They come in for the coffee. We sell that for which exclusive. And then they get to see the records and remember it. And, right. and I'm a huge gearhead. I'm actually rebuilding a 77 Ironhead Harley in the shop. Oh, so like, awesome. you walk in and between the two barber chairs, I'm wrenching on a bike. <laughs> uh, so, so the place is kind of, it's more of a hangout. Right. right and was... just like, me being a high school kid, just wanting something cool. You know, we're a Klitsch audio dealership, so we have all the turntables and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And we just listen to vinyl records and bullshit. Oh, that's all. Awesome. And, and my photography's hanging all over the shop. And the fiance's into all that dead shit, so there's like a human skull and right. a fucking penguin. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you fucking name it, it's in here. Oh, that's, that's... Um, but it's a cool vibe and if any of you are ever in the area we encourage you to come in you don't even got to buy shit just come in and say hi like right. it, it's it's that place that's awesome that's i mean uh franchise opportunities but that would kind of you know ruin the vibe i would think um because you know i think everyone you know past a certain age misses the record stores i certainly do i know we have a couple here still in pittsburgh but you know it's just it's it's something that's missing that I think a lot of today's generations definitely missing out on. No, not totally. Like, cause like I said, I discovered the hardest thing for me is like a new band. There's right. not anymore. There's not that band that's, um, and, and no disrespect to any new music and stuff like that. It's just hard to find it. Mm-hmm. You know, iTunes is this fucking pool of bullshit. Right. Um, record companies used to weed out the bullshit, you know, and now they don't. There, there's not. I mean, I own my own label. I'm one of those evil empire assholes. Mm. Um, I only <laughs> have two bands on my thing, and we develop them and shit. Right. And we don't do any digital. Ours is all hard copy because I'm an asshole. But uh, it, it, it's. I, I miss the records. I get it. You know, everyone's staring at their pocket Jesus. It's easy to buy and sell. And, I bitch about the internet daily, but I make a living off it too. So I'm right. a big ass hypocrite. Um, but I miss the days where, because the record stores for me, they were hangouts. They mm. were, you, you discovered new stuff. You hung out with people. Right. Uh, I just loved walking into a shop and hearing something I'd never heard before. Um, and, and we got that here. It's cool to watch people come in and they're like, what the fuck is that? You know, it's like, Oh, it's this. And, that that feeling's cool to see people latch I, onto that. Do you get a lot of uh, younger kids coming in and, and, and kind of 
getting that experience or does your, you know, clientele? Surprisingly, we do. It's it's everybody, which is weird to me because you'd think it'd just be a bunch of us old parts right. hanging out in here. Um, the thing I sell a lot of, and I don't even know if these motherfuckers have record players, but are those pitcher discs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, you know, that I'm just like, do you guys even have a player, you know? Um, but it's cool. Now, there's, it's an eclectic mix of everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been nice. Like, it, it's, uh, and like I said, we're redoing the Harley in here so we get a bunch of gearheads that come in. Right. We have two TVs that are always playing something, like, either this month it's like the Adams Family in the Twilight Zone. And, nice bunch of garage stuff you know just just kind of everything yeah it's nice that we get a mix of everybody um so it, it's it's been a it's been an uphill battle to get where it's at right totally worth it oh it's i'm sure nice jobs you know we're down on historic main street and it's just I got my 96-year-old grandmother flipping the bird in one of the big-ass <laughs> pictures, and it's on Main Street in Utah, so y'all can wrap your head around Oh, wow, well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's a cool place for people to come in, and you get everybody coming in going, what's this place doing here? Right. Well, this is where I live. <laughs> so, that's why it's here. Now, uh, you mentioned your, your label, uh, NDR Records. You said you had two bands. You want to talk a little bit about those bands? Of course I do. You know, <laughs> that's the salesman in me. Uh, one of the bands is called the Box Masters. Um, y'all might know the lead singer is Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. the actor. And the thing about Billy is he's a musician before he's an actor, and he's a better musician than he is an actor, and I think he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Um, his first gig ever, he was a roadie for the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. He just, they're like this late Beatles um punk surf california they're a rock band right it's funny we go on tour and we get put in some of these country spots and you feel like the fucking blues brothers but uh it's it's great and they're the thing i love about it is they're they're so hard working Mm -hmm. and uh we just we just our last album was produced by jeff emmerich or engineered and he'd done all the beatles albums and stuff there's it's the band around them and everything is amazing and then my other band is called Orange Blossom Special that uh, we're dropping a new album next year. And we just released the first single called Abracadabra that we were lucky enough to have Joe from Hellstorm do the lead on. Oh, cool. And it's just a three-piece. They're like the Foo Fighters meets Social D with a little fucking Leonard Skinner. They're just oh, wow. this fucking... They're Tom Petty on steroids. And... um they're not afraid to tour. That's the whole thing about the bands on my label is it's the touring thing. And we've yeah. done this thing called loud live and then a dive. And they went through Pittsburgh three times last year. Okay. Uh, but we, uh, we'd hit every bar for every 30 miles. Right. And we started in February and went clear till the end of October. And it was just that old school type of thing. That was great. Um, and so them are the only two I got. I mean, I've had a lot of, a lot of people want some other stuff, you know, to sign to the thing, some big artists, which has been nice. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing with the label is when I was a kid, I wanted my own label because I thought I knew how to do it. Right. Especially when I got into radio and shit and I'd see things. And the one thing I seen that labels fucked up was they got too big 
and they tried to manage too many people. Mm-hmm. So our thing with our label is if we can't do good for the two that's on here already, we can't take on another one. Right. And so my whole idea is to build them, get them doing their thing. And then if we have time and the right people, we'll take someone else on. But right now we just have the two and it's great. Like, like I said, we don't do any digital. It's all physical copy. It does well, surprisingly. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. It it actually does. I wish, I wish everybody would just kind of go, Oh, we should do this. (laughs) You know, and um, it would go back to, because record sales, it's like I tell everyone, you know, you might not like Nickelback, but they lost 10 million album sales when Napster hit. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, fuck them. They're all rich and all that kind of shit. Well, that's fine and everything, but you times 10 million by $10, and that's what the economy lost. Yeah. So fuck Nickelback and all that. Think about it that way. And that's why the music business took a sharp right into holy fuckville. Right. Um, and the shows ain't as big as they used to be and stuff like that. Like, they, you know, it's just you can't have one or the other. Exactly. Um, so it's, you know, I encourage people, if you really like the band, buy the album. Mm-hmm. Buy the physical copy of the album. Go see the show, not through your fucking phone, with your eyes and support them. Yeah. You don't got to do that for everybody. But the ones you like, go do that. Go do that, build that connection, and get that, you know, music. It, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. You're missing something through the, the digital screen and, and, and the digital. It's That connection is lost. Yeah, you, you can't, you know, it, it's one of the, I, I caught a pick from Blasco at the Aussie show, and I just thought I was the coolest motherfucker ever. Yeah. <laughs> you miss that shit yep. when you're not paying attention. You right. know, I, I took my kid for her birthday to Katy Perry, third row, and I, I just I'm a huge Katy Perry fan, by mm-hmm. the way. I know I'm gonna lose cool points for that, <laughs> but I don't care. So third row, she's wearing her Blink One Eight Two shirt, I'm wearing my Slayer shirt. I'm singing every <laughs> song and dancing like a son of a bitch. Girl in front of me, I about punched her in the back of the head and I know I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but and she's probably 12 or 14, by the way. Right. So it makes it even worse that I thought that. But she had her phone, and she was filming the Jumbotron. Wow. Katy Perry was two feet away from her singing, and she's too busy looking at her phone filming the fucking Jumbotron. I'm just right. like, oh, God, this is what's missing. And stuff. And then the moments you miss out on. Yeah. You know, yeah. the moments where you get to tell your friends, holy shit, this happened. Holy shit, mm-hmm. that artist looked right at me and sang to me you know right like, <laughs> you're not getting that through a phone not at all and uh, how many of those know. people actually watch those videos later anyway you know none of them you right. know it, it just it, and you can't clap with one hand nope. so figure that shit out like <laughs> come on you know uh, well uh rob i want i don't want to take much more of your time but uh i want to thank you for talking to you it's been you know it's been amazing talking to you and uh uh, want to wish you a lot of luck. Do you have any uh, projects or anything coming up uh, you want to plug real quick? I, I, I've got I, I've I've jumped into the film world now, so I got a couple movie projects that are oh, going awesome. on right now, and then uh, I've uh, I've got a Route sixty six photo book that looks like it's going to be the next one release. So awesome! I, I'm really stoked on that because it's I took my sixty three. Um, from Chicago to Santa Monica, and I'm about to go out and do it again. Oh wow! And stuff. So that that project 
um, I'm looking forward to. I imagine you're going to get, I mean, I was actually just this past weekend on a little bit of route 66 driving from Vegas to the grand Canyon. And it, uh, it's amazing. And I, I can't wait to see, uh, what you got with that. Oh yeah. It's beautiful country out there. Well, uh, like I said, you know, thanks again for, uh, talking to us and, uh, I want to wish you luck and hopefully, you know, you know, see you sometime in Pittsburgh, you know, shooting some bands or whatnot. I'm looking forward to it. Next time you see me, come say hi. Oh, definitely will. Celebrating five decades of the Prince of Darkness. Ozzy Osbourne. No More Tours 2. With special guest Megadeth. Keybank Pavilion, June 13th. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. Ozzy Osbourne. Witness a living legend live. There's more at Ozzy.com. All right, I'd like to thank Rob for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, he's a very cool guy. Uh, get a chance to check out his work. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you've got any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Till next time, thanks for listening.